Hello, and welcome to the Tap Market Podcast. I'm your host, Troy Scarborough. I'm an entrepreneur who has started, acquired, and more importantly, is focused on growing companies. In this podcast, you'll hear from entrepreneurs about how they got their start, what their company is about, what has worked for them to get to this point, and how they plan to build their brands. Expect to find actionable tactics that you can use to grow your business and get motivated to get through the grind into a meaningful entrepreneurial outcome that will change your life. I'm thrilled to have you here. Be sure to follow us on YouTube and Instagram at Tap Market, and let me know if you've been listening to the podcast. I love connecting and hearing from you. All right, let's get to it. Hey guys, it's Troy from the Tap Market Podcast. Today we've got Myra from Healthy Recon on. Myra, thank you so much for joining me. Tell everybody about your brand and how you got us started. For sure. And first of all, thank you for having me, Troy. It's an honor. Healthy Rican is basically healthier versions of Puerto Rican Latin spices without any of the preservatives, fillers, artificial colors, and ingredients that you find in most traditional spices. I've got some actually right here. You were kind enough to send me <laughs> the, this and, and two <laughs> others. So, yes. you know, we're just getting started in my family doing this. Awesome. Yeah, those are the three most popular ones. And what three are these? So we've got adobo. Adobo. So that is like an all-purpose seasoning that you can just put on anything that you want to put salt on, but also some flavor. Sazon um, is what gives our Latin Puerto Rican food the color and it has flavor. It's also salt-free and the sofrito is also salt-free. So this is a dehydrated version of a sofrito that we make fresh out of like onions and peppers, garlic, cilantro. This is for the people that don't have the time to be making it fresh or don't cook these type of foods on a regular basis, but still want that flavor once in a while. But it's like the most versatile blend that you can make sauces with. You can make a dip, you can make salad dressing with it. It's amazing. <laughs> That's the best one. So how did you get started in this? Tell us the origination story of entrepreneurship for you here. Yeah, well, if I tell you the entrepreneurship journey, that's going to take forever. Um, <laughs> just a little bit about that. I've always been an entrepreneur since I was a child. I loved selling chocolates and fundraisers for school. I was the girl going door to door and I loved it. I was the one making handmade rosaries and selling in the middle school. So that's where my entrepreneurship journey started. That's how I knew that I love this stuff. And I've been selling stuff at some degree ever since. I started my nutrition journey. I found an interest right after I had had my son because I started developing health issues. With that, I just became really, really obsessed with learning about nutrition, reading all the books, the magazines. I was kind of self-taught for a very long time, which has hence led my business to be called Nutrition Dork. So from Nutrition Dork, I wanted to start a blog to kind of like share my own journey. And then, you know, I also got certified as a health coach. So I was just going to share information on the blog. But I guess being Puerto Rican, you can't help but make your own foods in a healthier way, right? So I kept learning about nutrition and just finding ways. I'm like, oh, I can replace this with this. I can replace this oil with this oil. I can do this and that. And I couldn't find any of the seasonings in stores. Everything had artificial colors. It had MSG, which in my case does provoke some migraines and autoimmune issues. There's fillers and preservatives. And at the end of the day, when you analyze the little packet of sazon that you buy from the store, the last ingredient you might have in there is the actually achote, which is what we use for color in our food. <laughs> 
So I designed mine, which is primarily achote. It's anato in English. It's a seed that is really colorful and red. And it just gives your food this natural orangey color. And I think the reason we started doing that as a culture is because food is more appetizing when it has color. So you can have a piece of chicken that's nice and white. Or you can have a piece of chicken that looks golden brown. Which one are you going to get? So that's what the sazon does for you. It also has flavor to it. So that's kind of how that started. It was just me looking for a healthier alternatives to what was out there. And did you have this ability to make spices in your repertoire? Did you grow up with that in your family or something? Or did you have to learn this from scratch? I had to learn it from scratch. I do have a very unique taste. I don't know if it has a name or not. Like I have very particular taste buds. I can taste stuff in foods. You can cook something for me and I might be able to guess what kind of seasoning you used in it. So I think just having that ability helped me try the store-bought stuff and make it better. I'm like, okay, this kind of tastes like garlicky and it has some oregano in it. I can do that too. That's incredible. So when you first decided that the store-bought version of adobo had some sort of filler in it you didn't like, were you just then essentially making this at your house without a business in mind? Or did you go straight into a, this is a business for me? Right. So I went into it without thinking it was a business. I started doing them for myself and I was doing them for a couple of years before the aha moment when I was going through a program that was teaching me how to start a business and, you know, what are the things that you're doing? And within that, starting physical products business and like physical products, what is that? First of all, I was always in the service business world, right? So I'm like, physical product, what is that? (laughs) I didn't know that literally anything that's physical is a physical product. But anyways, I'm like, maybe I can do my adobo sazon. I feel like there's nothing out there, at least that I have found. Let me ask my audience. So at that point, I had like a little bit of an audience on Facebook. So I just kind of asked around, like, you would be interested in this. And lo and behold, people were interested. I'm like, all right, I'll start a little Facebook group. And at the same time, I was launching a cookbook as well called Healthy Regan. And that was also something that people wanted and kept asking me, like, how are you making your foods? Can you create recipes for us? Da, 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 da. I started with a Facebook group and I'm like, well, maybe I should just write a cookbook. So all that kind of happened at the same time. So let's dive into this, this piece a little bit. It's the audience piece that you're talking about here. So you had a blog that you were creating content for. You had a Facebook group called Healthy Rican that you were talking to about Puerto Rican food, Latin infused food. And this is sort of pre the spices launch. How big were these audiences before you launched your product? Oh, yeah, it was not that big. I probably had like, I'm gonna say less than a 1000. Okay. People have a huge misconception that you need tens of thousands of people to launch a product. And it's not. You really just need people that are really engaged with your content. Yes. I find that to be a reoccurring theme with all of the brand new brands that are starting is they end up launching with a thousand or less in their Facebook group or in their email list or however they're accumulating an audience. Right. I didn't even have an email list. All I had was my Facebook friends and family and my little group. (laughs) And you were working on a cookbook, a digital cookbook, a physical cookbook? Yeah. So I was working on the digital cookbook. I actually launched a crappy PDF 
at the very beginning of the stage. I call it crappy because I put it together and looking at it now, I'm like, wow, this is bad. But <laughs> anyways, I launched it anyway. I actually sold that cookbook for 20 bucks or something like that through PayPal. Things don't have to be perfect. I don't know why that came to mind. Someone listening out there maybe want everything perfect and looking nice. Believe me, it doesn't matter. You can fix it along the way. Yeah. The more important piece is that you're serving the audience with the outcomes that they want. You look at Craigslist and Craigslist hasn't been updated from a user experience standpoint since like the 90s. And it serves the purpose. Therefore, it doesn't have to look perfect, right? Same idea across the board. Right. And then you can make it better. The Spices launch and just kicked off on their own. It was crazy. I couldn't even handle it at the beginning, which was great problem to have. So with the money that I made, I'm like, well, I'm going to put this money into launching the cookbook. And I self-published it. So it is out there. It's on Amazon and sold well. And so are you primarily selling your products on Amazon? And do you have a Shopify store or is it just 100% on Amazon? So I started with only my website at the beginning. I only launched on Amazon in November. Okay. What makes up the majority of the sales today? Still, my website does the majority of the sales. I do get a lot from Amazon as well. Sometimes they're equal, but definitely my website still, I think because I built my audience on social media and I send them to my website and then Amazon is more, I use it as a marketing tool for the people that don't follow me and don't know me from social media. And do you do all your social media management yourself? I do. (laughs) I have no business doing marketing, but I do. (laughs) I think do it as long as you possibly can. It's the most authentic when you do it yourself. And it really comes down to obviously, eventually everybody needs to outsource, right? Just from a ability to get your time back to be able to do more important things. But when you're growing and you're young, the most important thing to do is to be authentic, be in connection with your customers, get as much feedback as you can. When you scale up, when you're bigger, it's going to be harder to have those direct connections yourself. And you're going to want to build the foundation appropriately. Outside of your Facebook group and maybe blogging, what other tactics are you doing to get new customers today? So social media is huge for me. I do my own content. Like I said, of course, it's spices. So I do a lot of cooking and a lot of cooking videos, tutorials, cooking classes. I do live shows on Instagram. That's mainly what I do. No paid advertising today? No, a single one. Everything I built, I built very organically. I do collaborate a lot with influencers, micro influencers, and even the people that are just getting started that maybe have just a couple of hundred followers. I work with them too because they they are where I was at a couple of years ago. So I love giving people opportunities, you know, because sometimes I wish I got those opportunities, right? It's all led to having a very strong community. I love that. It, it, I mean, it's... It's right there. Anybody can follow it. There's 25,000 <laughs> followers already organically. Organically, no paid ads at all. <laughs> <laughs> that is incredible. I love it. It's good work. It's because the content's awesome. People love the content. And I've always been very straightforward with people. I brought people on the journey ever since Nutrition Dork. I actually abandoned my Nutrition Dork page a little bit. I no longer use the blog or anything. All the blog has been moved to Healthy Recon now. 
I don't have time to do both, right? Maybe one day I'll be able to outsource with the experience that I've gained, but I feel like Healthy Vegan just needs 100% my attention right now. But I definitely believe in organic reach. For me, it just feels more authentic. And quite honestly, I prefer supporting more people like me, right? That you can see a face to the brand. Yeah. And I think everybody wants to rush to paid advertising and paid outsourced management and all these things. I can tell you from experience, it is a bad idea unless you have the capital to do it. It's better to set the foundation. If you can spend that early time in your business writing the blogs, doing the social media posting, getting the cash flow foundation that you need, that's the only way you're going to survive the sort of paid advertising opportunities down the road. Do as much free as you can, the lowest hanging fruit you can, writing blogs, doing social media posting. The next thing might be influencer marketing like you're talking about. There's plenty of influencers that you can work with just on free product exchanges. Um, Then you can maybe go up to an influencer that you have a slight paid engagement for, or you have some sort of affiliate link so you can set the amount that you pay when they get a conversion and then graduate to the paid advertising because it's it's expensive to compete at that level. And plus, you kind of need to get those second, third, fourth products out there to expand your average order value, to expand your lifetime value so that you can spend more acquiring a customer with paid advertising, but you know your lifetime value of that customer is going to be bigger. So it's okay to spend more on paid advertising then. But when you're early on and you don't have that product depth to support the lifetime value, you're just not going to win that game unless you have a lot of capital. So you're doing it perfectly right. And it can seem slow at sometimes, but it sounds like it's really working for you. Do we get to, on on the live podcast today, do we get to announce your big news from last week? (laughs) That is, I think, the biggest hurdle for all entrepreneurs, the thing that really gets the rocket ship going. Right. So, yeah, no, I can announce it. As of last week, I quit my job and I'm full-time entrepreneur. Today is my first day, so... (laughs) This is incredible. This is like a <laughs> live announcement on Tap Market. Couldn't be more happy for you. I don't think you realize yet even how much further that's going to be able to allow you to push your business. The amount of time that you'll be able to invest in it, the follow-ups you'll be able to do and the follow-throughs. Congratulations. That's a huge step. I, there's a very small population, I feel like, that does what you're doing. And kudos to you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Definitely a scary move because I've worked all my life, but I feel like I grew the business to the point where I see where I can take it. And I've noticed the trend. I've noticed when I have my ups and downs and what kind of things was I doing when I have my ups and those kind of things. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm good. Now I need to take it to the next level. And without the 100% energy going into the business, it wouldn't happen. So I'm ready. Yeah. (laughs) What do you think is the biggest step that you'll take now going forward with your business? With the time that you have, what are you going to reallocate that time towards? So I already set it in motion. I've been doing a lot of in-person events here locally so that people here in Buffalo know who I am and put a face to Healthy Recon. A lot of people, it's funny, didn't even know that I was from Buffalo. They see me in festivals now and they're like, wait a minute, you're from Buffalo? (laughs) I follow you on TikTok. I'm like, yeah. 
I am. So I already implemented that. I'm also getting mentorship when it comes to learning retail, how to get into stores and things like that. So that's something that's already set in place. You know, I did it on purpose like that months ago. So that way we're going all in now into those two things. I love that. On the retail side, is there any particular strategy that you think you're going to go down? I think that a lot of new consumable food products brands are doing what you're doing. They're launching direct to consumer online, building the base, and then going to retail instead of the other way around. So I love that. But what's the short strategy there? What are you thinking? So, well, this is my own plan, right? Because I'm now taking mentorship, but my plan is to start small, start where I'm at. Like I'm out on turtle race, you know, I have no need to do this tomorrow. You know, I, from the beginning in my business, I've been like on a steady pace, the turtle race, right? So I'm going to start small. I'm going to start collaborating with smaller moms and pop shops here locally and getting my brand out there, perhaps doing some cooking demos and cooking shows in various places, collaborating with people. I'm going to participate at different festivals as well, because you never know if someone from a grocery store is going to be walking by and be like, oh, hey, you know what I mean? (laughs) What are you doing? I've heard already that farmer's markets are a great place because they do send scouts out to see what brands are out there at farmer's markets. So that's kind of like my plan right now. I did hire a marketing team that is doing some of the negotiating for me, but they're doing the same strategy I am, which is looking for the smaller places. That way, We start slow, you know. The last thing I want is to go into a big grocery store with like 200 stores and I don't have the capability of supporting that, so. Right. How are you producing it today? Were you able to find an outsourced contract manufacturer that could follow your recipes and fill the bottles and do all that stuff for you? Yeah, so I found myself, thankfully, I was blessed enough to be introduced to a co-packer They have a very large facility. They have a lot of customers here from Buffalo that they already sent product to. So it's really affordable to have them sent over. But yeah, that was the best thing I could ever do because I think you did ask me at the beginning, how did I start? So I did start blending them by hand and ordering every single ingredient separately and just measuring and that turned into chaos. That was not sustainable. That was like <laughs> that was at the very beginning when I thought I was only going to be selling locally, right? In my mind, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to sell to my friends here in Buffalo and, you know, whoever needs it. And that's what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. Nope. That was not it. <laughs> Quickly, I realized that I'm like, oh, wait, I need to get somebody else to do this because my rotator cuff wasn't liking it. And I actually ended up with a stabbing pain for over a year because of it so wow you had like a a physical body injury from like making the product yes (laughs) (laughs) that's when you got that's when you know you got you got to find the co-packer for sure right it was uh, just a couple of months but enough for like the repetitive movement to just and i guess according to the mri i have some arthritis in there too i'm like well i guess (laughs) I can see that though, because you're looking at this and like the adobo here, we've got Himalayan pink salt, garlic, turmeric, black pepper, oregano, and coriander in it. So it's all everything you can read right on it, right? But it's, it, it's, it might be hard to see in the video. It is perfectly blended, right? Like you're not going to shake off something there and not get a perfect blend of those spices. 
So I could see how if you're trying to mix this, like you're trying to grind it down to being this fine that you can mix it by hand, that would be a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. And then jarring them and then putting labels on them and sealing them. And then I found a place to do it, but then you're standing all day. And one of my ingredients in the sazon is really hard to find. So I did go viral at the very beginning and I didn't have that achote, the anaro, and people had to wake up. I mean, thankfully they were all super nice, <laughs> but I'm like, I'm sorry. I know that, you know, you just ordered. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to put you on back order. Like I have no anaro right now and nowhere to find it. So it's going to take a couple of weeks. Thankfully, people were super nice. <laughs> is it still a very rare ingredient or was that like a COVID thing? What makes that ingredient so hard to get? It's a tropical ingredient. It only grows in the Caribbean, I believe, maybe parts of Latin America. And it's not very common. Like, you know, have you ever heard of anato before today? No. It's primarily used by the Caribbean because it grows naturally there. And if you see it and you touch it, like it'll stay in your hands a little bit. Like you can tell it's... A natural color so that's why it's predominantly used in like those areas okay i mean it makes sense it's, it aligns with your sort of target market there which is probably something that you run into a lot is you have sort of this latin cuisine type target market but you're probably getting buyers from all over the place like you're from buffalo new york <laughs> talking latin cuisine right so you're probably selling to people in washington state in maine and also like in miami florida you know yeah right so yeah i do have a wide variety i have a lot of puerto ricans let me tell you but there's a lot of like just you know other latin cultures there's so many of them you know cubans dominicans you know mexican like there's so many and I also have like all the other populations too, you know. I've seen Arabics cook with sazon before. The African-American community loves sazon as well. It's very diverse for sure. Yeah. So what products are you taking like to the next level? Like you've got these, these three here. You've got the ability to continue to serve people with content. What's sort of coming down the future for you? Are we continuing in spices? Are we adding marinades what do you see in the let's call it the dream vision of healthy recon maybe it's a pivot to something else more content whatever it may be what are you thinking yeah i do see myself continuing doing content i love it but down the pipeline for the seasonings themselves you have three of them i have two more i have the salt-free version of the adobo and i have a savory spice mix which is a blend that i completely created that doesn't exist in the market i'm trying to make it easier for people that don't know how to cook so you know you have an all in one blend that if you're making a stew or a chicken stew or air frying or roasting a chicken that it's just perfectly marinated so that's what the savory spice mix is for but down the pipeline what i see i want to continue to help that community that they don't have the time to be in the kitchen or they don't love it you know there's people out there they just don't like to cook. But if you still want to cook, right, because you want to eat healthier and not buy so much food out, I want to be able to create those type of instant meals, you know, rice and beans, dry foods. I'm thinking like soup mixes that basically add water. I don't know. I'm thinking like Puerto Rican food as easy as ramen, you know, <laughs> or mac and cheese. I like that a lot, actually. Like I was just watching the history of craft when they invented mac and cheese and how 
simple was that? So it was coming off the war and they had this like dehydrated cheese and then the dehydrated noodles. And it was just add butter, milk, and you have it. And so it was very shelf stable because it was the ingredients were shelf stable. And same idea. If you can make it as easy as mac and cheese for people, it's like, man, and it's healthier. That would be incredible. Right. I think content's great because content you can monetize in a bunch of different ways too. You can do affiliate marketing because there's going to be people that want to partner with you that really like the content that you're creating and really like your products. And you may not even compete with each other. That's kind of the premise behind tapped market, right? Is co-marketing. So finding some of those brands that you can partner with that you can say, hey, I'll use my spices on your product or give me your product. I'll put my spices on it and create some introductions to my audience and vice versa. You're going to get that reach that you're looking for, right? So I could see that going pretty far for you, especially because you're so good at creating content. Other people might not be as good at it as you are. So there's a real monetization there. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to real quick some say something on that because you, you mentioned earlier about people having to do their own content at the beginning and, you know, not paying yet. I know that a lot of people uh, don't like the camera, right? Or don't like creating content. So I just wanted to give a quick recommendation there. We're like, definitely outsource that, but outsource this in a way that it's still authentic. It's still your brand rather than all these paid ads. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's matching your voice. Right. I would say to take that one step further is like people think about trying to get a bunch of influencers it might make more sense to really focus on a couple what they call ambassadors that really align strongly with you so that you can hone in on that voice and who you're serving and it's easier to control. And maybe even one of those ambassadors turns into some sort of influencer manager for you and they can bring on others to expand it further. But you don't need a lot of influencers. You just need the right ones, especially early on. Right. Yeah. Or even if it's a partner or something like that, that's the face or however you want to do it. But yeah, I think that's, that is the key right there is that people want to hear the brand's voice and their mission and their vision, you know, and the journey. I shared all my journey from the beginning. So people saw the ups and downs of times we ran out of stuff and like times we went viral and I didn't have product and the times that the product came you know, with all the wrong labels. It, yeah, all of it. People have seen all of it. <laughs> yeah, that's how you connect with the audience to keep buying from you. Now, are you, when you ship stuff to people, are you putting inserts in your boxes to try to get them to like and follow and share you and maybe even be rewarded for doing some of that stuff? Yeah, so I always send recipes. I always sell, you know, like cards that say, you know, this is where you can find us, connect with us, things like that. I'm actually going to be working on a page because I am sending a lot of cards and I'm like, how many of the same customers are getting these cards? Like, I don't know because I don't know all the time who's who we ordered, right? I don't have all the... Anyway, so I'm thinking of creating a page specifically for customers that's kind of like, you know, they have to have that link for it, like a QR code. And there they're going to have all the instructions, all the recipes and all those things that I send out all in one page. So it's just easier to just come back to. Yep. I think that's brilliant. If you make the card the right way, you can put it in your Amazon boxes too. So when somebody from Amazon randomly gets your product, you could have a 
scan this QR code to get free recipes. And then they come there, have them put in their email address so that you can email them recipes as they launch. Because you want to build that email asset list so you can have them coming back. On Shopify, there's an app called Recharge. We use it on the lawn serve subscription box because it's a consumable. They have to get a new product each month. But there's, I think Recharge does this and you could look into it. There's options for just traditional subscriptions. So somebody could subscribe to the spices to receive them every month. They could subscribe to the spices to get them every quarter. There's a lot of different options there. What I typically recommend for people is to go the most user-friendly route. So have the system send the person an email and just be like, hey, your product's going to be charged and it's coming in the next four days. Gives them an opportunity to skip this shipment or move this shipment. And it's just an unbelievable customer experience to the point where you get almost no cancellations because you give them the opportunity to move it out. So you might look into that. It's obviously going to have like a monthly fee. So you need to make sure that it you can offset that monthly fee. But you may be able to just test that. Commit to a quarter, commit to six months, see how many people sign up, do an email blast, subscribe and save to your adobo seasoning and get the first month free or whatever it may be. There's a lot of different ways to do that. But that reoccurring revenue can really start to build. Yeah, so I have something set up like that, but not quite like that. So I'll have to look into the different options. And I like the email idea that they can easily skip. If you ever have questions, you know, you can hit me up directly and I'll, I'll show you the back end of how our system works. And you can go from there and give it a test. Right. If this community were to come and support you, where can they find you? Everything is at Healthy Regan everywhere. And they can come to the website and buy directly. They can go to Amazon if they prefer Amazon directly. Yep. Yeah. Healthy Regan. <laughs> Perfect. They can join the Facebook group and get some food recipe recommendations. Yeah. Enjoy my email list. I do a monthly newsletter where I send recipes, what's going on with the business. A lot of people that join is because I do offer discounts and things like that that I don't offer to anybody else unless you're subscribed to the email list. And I, I don't email every day or twice a day, so I don't do that. <laughs> I try to keep it to like a couple of times a month. And they're coming from you, which is like yeah. so much more authentic, which is great. People can really get to know the brand. I like that. Yeah. As, as you continue to launch products, we'll continue to have you on to keep telling the community about the story. And we'll be doing a product video ourselves introducing the products to the followers and we look forward to having you back awesome thank you so much yeah let me know when you try them you know i will what you try them on first mix all three and some chicken and that's the best way to kind of get the flavors at the beginning because flavor you know chicken is like kind of tasteless right so you get all the flavors you put a little like olive oil on it and then then those or you just go straight on there you can go straight on yeah, because like meat is already kind of, you know. It has, yeah, it adheres to it, yeah. Right, like it'll absorb. So you can just add it straight on, you know, let it there for a little bit. You can roast it, air chicken, air chicken. Air frying chicken is the best. Yeah. With the seasonings. I actually just, it's Memorial Day weekend right now. It is Memorial Day. We're recording this right now. <laughs> and yes. I cleaned my grill for the weekend. I was 
cooking steak tips, you know, doing that stuff yesterday. And um, I bought chicken. We didn't use it. Oh. So believe me when I say that that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to grill it okay. because that's what I have. Oh, gosh. It's good, too. <laughs> all three, you're saying? A little bit of all three spices? Yeah. So the adobo is the only one that has salt. So you don't have to worry about too much salt. Okay. I'm going to do that. I'm going to take a video of it. I'm going to send it to you when I do it too. And you're you're going to have to post it somewhere. I don't know, on your story. Or something. Definitely. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. We'll continue to share your story. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Hi there. If you found this podcast helpful, I would appreciate it if you took a minute to leave a review. This increases the reach to more entrepreneurs and other people interested in the products, brands, entrepreneurial stories, and their successes, so we can create even more positive small business outcomes. Take a screenshot, tag me in your social stories to friends. This means the world to me to know this podcast has influenced your day and life in a positive way, and that we get to be a part of your own journey. With gratitude from me, until next time, go make it a great day.